The Australian Defence Magazine podcast. Serving the business of defence. With Grant McHeron. Hi everyone and welcome back to the show. This episode I'll be chatting with Cam Purdy, Key Account Manager Land from Tullus Australia and the topic for today is maintenance and support for Army. Cam, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be on it. So mate, uh, I'd like to start with a quick background on your career to date. Uh, how did you get to where you are now? Uh, well, that is a, a long story. Um, so basically, uh, I joined Army, graduated from the Royal Military College in 1989, uh, spent the next uh, 31 years doing a bunch of uh, logistic appointments. So I was a, a Royal Australian Corps Transport Officer. Um, so I did a, you know the range of uh, unit postings, uh, uh, included uh, command on operations, both in uh, Timor as a subunit commander and then as a, a commanding officer in, uh, in the Middle East running the logistics. Uh, and I finished up uh, doing uh, the last decade really around uh, uh, capability acquisition and strategic logistics. So um, I was at CASG as the DG Land Maneuver and then finished up in Army Headquarters as the DG Logistics Army. Uh, and then um, when I retired in 2018, I, I moved across to Talos and you know, I'm almost four years in. So uh, yeah, <laughs> that that's it in a Excellent. nutshell. No, that's that's quite the career and uh, good to hear lots of experience with Army and, of course, recent experience in industry, so able to bridge that gap. Fantastic. So let's get right to the meat of the uh, interview. I understand Tullus has submitted a tender for DMC, which is the Defence Maintenance Contract. Can you please give us an overview of what DMC is and its objectives? Yeah, sure. Uh, so the, um, the the maintenance contract, it, it's run through uh, Joint Logistic Command. So they're, they're basically conducting uh, maintenance for a whole range of land material nationally across 17 sites. Um, they have uh, a workforce of over you know 500 uh, contracted staff currently, about 900,000 maintenance hours. Uh, and uh, that range of equipment that they look after is, you know, everything from armoured vehicles um, right through the suite of, of protected, uh, the uh, logistics uh, and, you know, general B vehicle fleet. And there's a whole range of ancillary fleets, actually, you know, everything from watercraft to fire trucks to engineering equipment. Uh, so, you know, it's pretty broad. Um, it also includes a, a very extensive small to medium enterprise uh, maintenance repair network to, you know, to conduct the overflow. Um, and basically, that there's really what I would term three objectives that JLC is seeking out, out of this contract. Um, first and foremost, they're looking for a strategic partner uh, to coordinate and integrate uh, the national network through those joint logistic command business units and locations. Um, secondly, they're, they're looking to uh, improve uh, the way fleet and asset management uh, is done and, and, you know, having a look at that sort of, you know, total cost of ownership. Uh, and uh, that includes, uh, you know, how uh, training is conducted you know, potentially through the um, Ford location, basically uh, looking at uh, putting material into staging areas uh, you know, close to defence uh, 
training areas. And then thirdly, there's a support to training and operations component. So, you know, they're asking uh, for, you know, a, an identified workforce to be part of a, you know, uh, both supporting on Australia, but also potentially overseas. Well, that's a pretty good overview of the DMC and quite a bit of sustainment to go on in there, as you said, a lot of areas. So what is Tullis's experience in delivering sustainment contracts in Australia? Yeah, no, that's a that's a really valid question. Um, you know, everybody likes to think of Talos. You know, the obvious answer is you know we, we make things. You know, like the Bushmaster, like the Hawkeye, like the the assault rifles. Uh, but the really a, a core part of our business is actually about service and sustainment. You know, um, Talos is operating over twenty service and sustainment contracts. Uh, you know, we have a long-running expertise in this area. Um, and, you know, that, that that's literally not just in the land domain, but that's right across defence, you know, because Talos is a strategic partner for defence, uh, not not just for Army. And, and you know, this is a, a, a joint uh, contract. Um, so the, the obvious examples that I'd like to call out are, are the Explosive Ordnance Services uh, contract. Uh, that we've been operating for over 20 years. That's actually in support of uh, Joint Logistic Command. Very similar uh, contract uh, setup. You know, multiple sites on a on a national basis where where we're providing sustainment and, and services. Uh, and then we do some really important work uh, with maritime as well. Uh, you know, the patrol boat sustainment out of Darwin, uh, and and Talus is you know uh, providing significant support in the operation of Garden Island. So you know that that really is providing fleet sustainment for Navy. Uh, so I think they're, they're three good examples of, of you know, what, what Talos is doing right now for defence and de- delivering it successfully. Excellent. And, yeah, as you pointed out, sustainment is different to manufacturing mm. and supply. So good to see bringing all that together. Now, speaking of bringing it all together, delivering a solution for DMC will no doubt require, like, a number of other major providers, SMEs, et cetera. So how are you going to structure and manage the partnering and collaboration that's going to be required to, to deliver this solution. Yeah, no, uh, I think you've really hit on a, a you know a core component there. You, you know, that's central to all of this is around the the strategic partnering and uh, that we'll you know be doing with JLC. I mean, effectively, you know, we're going to be looking at setting up a, a, a new business segment uh, around this contract. Um, and first and foremost, around that is about how we do. Uh, strategic partnering with JLC, how we do planning, uh, you know, the uh, coordination around the regional execution uh, of the contract. And uh, I might have, you know, mentioned before, you know, the contract is already supported by a significant network of regional maintenance providers in in each of the locations because, you know, the, the truth of the matter is that there's only a finite capacity to the defence infrastructure uh, and, you know, utilising that, and it's termed the trade repair network, you know, is, is a critical component uh, of the contract. So, you know, we're going to be looking at sort of, you know, maintaining, expanding, uh, nurturing that trade repair network in, in the regional locations. And then uh, just lastly, you know, um, you know the partnering element, you know, um, 
uh, you know, is going to be critical. So, you know, this is why we've brought in Accenture you know, to support us uh, because, you know, data analytics, uh, analysis of the supply chain and, and driving, you know, efficiency and, and better outcomes is going to be, you know, core to delivering a better total cost of ownership for defence as part of this contract. So Accenture are... Uh, you know, world world class uh, data analytical experts. They're already uh, providing those types of services to uh, defence, uh, and uh, you know, so I think you know that's going to be really you know fundamental to us driving you know um, better capability outcomes. Uh, and then we've also partnered up with uh, RGM, who are a small to medium enterprise uh, located in uh, Queensland and the Northern Territory. So you know they're Maintenance experts, well known to defence, they do a lot of work uh, also with Mercedes and Rheumatol, and so you know we're we're going to you know we're bringing them in as part of our maintenance you know component to help us uh, you know uh, execute at the, at the regional level. Uh, they'll also be critically involved in how we might do forward staging of material and, and support for that that material in the in the staging areas. Yeah, a lot of a lot of partnering and collaboration mm. required. Clearly, so yeah, you, you know, it's it's to, it's fundamental. You, you can't you never do this on your own anyway. But you know, because that fundamentally is the difference between you know what I would term the old contract, a, a legacy contract, where it was really labour hire. You know that that was being provided in support of JLC. JLC, are, you know, looking to move this contract to the next level. They want a partner. And, you know, and I'd say, well, of course, you know, who better to partner with than Talos, you know, where, where we have, a, you know, a proven capability around providing that strategic partnership and, and, and getting the outcomes that are needed. So we've talked about all the partnership and some big companies working together. So do you envisage possible conflicts in undertaking, like being the prime systems coordinator role? Uh, you've, as a strategic partner, you've got to do that. Can you see any conflicts coming up? And how, if so, how would they be handled? Yeah, so my short answer to it would be no, uh, and and the reason I say that is that uh, you know I don't think of this uh, as a managed contract or prime systems coordinator. Fundamentally, nothing that we are going to be doing is going to be acting on our own. Uh, you know that that's where that that partnership with JLC and with the capability managers. You know there's some pretty fundamental you know, you know information inputs to to drive a better maintenance outcome, and one of those is the user demand. So you know understanding how Army, Air Force, and indeed Navy, you know, need to use this equipment. You know is going to be you know really central again to sort of you know how okay well that that allows to do a lot of things around how we can sort of look at managing maintenance output and and supply chain in support of that so we're not going to act arbitrarily we're, we're we'll be working you know in collaboration and in partnership with JLC so you know I don't I don't see that there's going to be a, a conflict at all always good to look at it that way um, so you're you're providing maintenance for military, so it's it's not like providing maintenance and support for a trucking company within the. You know, there are elements that is just within Australia, but you've already mentioned about being positioned close to training grounds and performing maintenance in those areas, and it's not uncommon for this equipment that you're going to be needing to maintain to wind up going into a hot zone such as the Middle East yeah. area. Uh, how how does that work for your for Talis and your staff uh, when you're actually deploying into a hot zone? 
Yeah, um, so that's a that's a really good question. Um, you know, and this is a new component, if you like, of the contract. Uh, look, you know, defence is operated, uh, you know, and employed contract staff and, you know, and operations. And in fact, they do so right now uh, with the footprint that they maintain in the in the Middle East. Um, so I think, you know, uh, it's really about, uh, you know, understanding um, and and working in in the layered the layered approach, if you like, you know, with with defence, because you know, let's face it, when you when you sort of talk about a hot zone, if defence is deploying into an area of operations where the security, you know, is sort of you know still uh, variable or you know still hasn't been, you know, the literally the area hasn't been secured, then you know, then fundamentally up front, you know, it's military maintainers, it's military capability that's going to do that uh, in the first instance and then you know as the security situation evolves you know as the the operation evolves then you know that's how you can sort of then bring in the contracted workforce to sort of you know help assist expand you know or indeed you know allow you know um, military staff to be, you know, deployed back onto other tasks. So I think it's, you know, we just need to work closely with the with defence around it. You know, the, we're going to have warning time around that, um, you know, and I think each operation sort of, you know, can be fundamentally different. You know, a, a peacekeeping, you know, mm-hmm. uh, has, a, has a, you know, a very benign security environment, um, and, you know, whereas, yeah, something like Afghanistan, you know, deploying people, say, into an area like Tarankout, you know, that, that would be, you know, that, that would be another thing entirely. And, you know, so I think, you know, we just have to, you know, sort of work closely with them about what those arrangements are going to be. But fundamentally... I think you know we can we can provide a really good solution about having an identified workforce that you know if you said you 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 want to train the way you would go and play then you know we can use that workforce to sort of to support larger exercises you know on the Australian mainland help support domestic operations bushfire assist and things mm-hmm. like that you know and then you you've then sort of you know developing that capability that can deploy okay and I guess uh, use of uh, of veterans and so on quite often helps in that area because they've had experience with previous deployments. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, particularly, um, you know, we've even just called out our sort of Eagle Farm operation that that runs in Brisbane uh, that provides heavy grade repair and, and maintenance support for uh, for the Bushmaster and Hawkeye fleet. You know, we have a considerable number of veterans there. You know that's a that's an important part of our business model is you know how, how can we help support veterans and you know de- developing that that part of our capability too. So you've mentioned user demand and operations training exercises. So how do you see uh, industry being able to accommodate surge requirements around exercises and operations? Because exercises mm-hmm. you generally know they're coming up, but operations can be yep. very short yep. notice events. Yeah, no, you're right. So I think, you know, again, it's going to be about having people, you know, prepared. So, you know, identifying an element of the workforce that, you know, that could be uh, used to provide short notice surge capacity. I mean, I, I still come back to the idea that, you know, upfront, you know, when, when the military deploys, they're really going to do that, you know, in the first instance, in the early days and phases, that, that's really about military capability, um, you know, and so that gives you time to sort of, you know, build up your supporting 
you know, elements. Um, but I think, yeah, you know, if we if we have an identified element of the workforce that, you know, that can potentially be deployed, then we can work with defence around the, you know, the, the notice requirement around that, uh, you know, and, and make sure that we have people properly prepared and, you know, because essentially when they when they would go across, they would essentially transfer across the defence. You know, this isn't sort of something where you go, oh, well, if they deployed, you know, if they deployed into uh, into the Middle East, you know, into the Gulf or, you know, it, it's not Talos that, that would ultimately be controlling that workforce, it's defence. We'd be working with them, but it, but it really is as a defence employee. So there's a whole bunch of things that need to be worked through there. Yeah. And, of course, you've also got to – now you've got some of the people who are working back home are now deployed mm-hmm. – but you've got to backfill yep. them, and that's that's yep. the interesting part for industry is backfilling to keep everything going while everyone else is over somewhere else in a training or operation environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You know, and so depending on you know on the size of the capability, whether it's a battalion group or a brigade group, um, you know, naturally enough, what that's going to do is you start taking sort of people away from from the Australian. Uh, mainland and and you, you decrease some of the you know the requirements for support you know while people are deployed in Australia so you, you, I think there are ways that we can sort of help shift you know shift and and manage the workforce and manage the needs of the users you know if that means we need to shift effort from a you know from one location to another you know I, I think we can you know fundamentally do that as part of normal contract operations and you know uh, and and you know how do we utilise the the that trade repair those small to medium enterprise maintainers? How can we utilise you know somebody like RGM? You know, so for instance, RGM has a facility you know in Rockhampton. Um, you know, one of the staging areas you know for and forward staging areas for defence materials likely to be around Shoalwater Bay. So you know, actually, you know, we're sort of like we've got a almost a surge capacity in place to to support that. No, good, good. Now, shifting tax a little, a mm-hmm. uh, lot of talk about the new Defence uh, Enterprise Resource Planning, ERP mm-hmm. system that's mm-hmm. being deployed, starting to happen at the moment. So how will your solution be uh, integrating into that ERP, which is going to be the fundamental mm-hmm. backbone of logistics and so on, as well as finance no, and everything? That- yeah, another good question. Look, uh, you know, I mean, the ERP and and that move to you know S four Hana SAP, you know, that that's quite a significant shift for defence. Uh, you know, um, and uh, you know, significant project. You know, that that was you know that being stood up and you know starting to get going in twenty sixteen when I was in army headquarters mm-hmm. as DG Log. So, um, you know, I think the most important thing is you know where. We're already integrated as part of the defence supply chain right now, uh, you know, in providing support through um, through Millis and and through the you know the Bushmaster Hawkeye support contract, and you know, it's so it is. It's really about integrating. So anything that we bring to the ERP needs to complement, you know, the the likely. Uh, you know, applications that are going to be part of it. And I think, you know, maintenance is going to be part of, you know, this early sort of rollout of, of ERP. Um, so it'll be about understanding, you know, what, what defence is actually going to bring to the table. You know, how, how can we best complement that? Uh, how, how can we integrate with it? You know, and I, and I think we can. You know, we're, we're, 
we're very familiar with SAP. We operate it, uh, and in fact, you know, we're a, we're actually a, an approved third-party, you know, crypto and protection provider for SAP. Um, so I think you know, again, in concert with Accenture, you know, there's a there's a lot that we can sort of you know help. I think bring to the table here about making sure that we can access uh, the supply chain in the right way, get the right views how we might be able to sort of create a, a digital twin, you know, mm-hmm. um, o- almost literally off the network <laughs> architecture, you know, that sandpit so that we can, you know, we can actually sort of, you know, do the experimentation, do the, you know, start, put, you know, pull the levers and see what happens. So I'm, I'm really quite excited about this because I, I think moving mo- moving where defence is going, you know, it, it, this is, it's needed, uh, and you know I think we can really help complement what what is going to be part of that ERP. So shifting tack back out a bit, Melor, and let's look at the bigger picture as the final section mm. of this interview. And uh, this contract, the DMC, um, a number of other items that Defence are working through and and have started. They seem to be. Uh, Defence seems to be pushing integration and management of major assets and management programs below the line. We've got above the line, which is uniform and APS and and some contractors, and below the line is the is people, you know organisations such as Tullus uh, implementing on behalf of Defence. So, whereas Defence used to have lots of loggies and doing all this themselves, they now seem to be pushing this one. It's a major asset management program down below the line. What's your views on it? Is it to provide economies of scale? Is it to remove the need for multiple vendor contracts? Better use of defence above the line headcount? Uh, helping to retain defence people because they're working in things defence related rather than admin? Is is all that a combination of this? Well, yeah, actually, you know, I could almost say you've answered your own question, but <laughs> but actually, uh, but it's true. You know, it's true. I think all of those things are uh, you know are factors you know in it. Um, Look, the the idea of uh, you know asset management, you know fleet management, improving what I would sort of you know have always termed ILS, you know integrated logistic support, um, you know that's that's always you know been it's a challenging domain, right? And and when you start to sort of place in multiple fleets, you know multiple vehicle fleets, you know that and and where the where the fleet is distributed, you know nationally. You know, we're not talking one or two users now. You know, if we just looked at it from an army perspective, you know, you, you might be talking there's a you know there's a hundred army units that have got that have got a a Rheimatol man truck. You know, so you know, so it, it it's not simply uh, it's not a simple equation to get on on top of. But I think the advantage of, from our perspective, you know, as a as a as an OEM, you know, with, with experience of sort of you know looking looking at a at, at a fleet, we we can help support you know a holistic rather than siloed approach, and I I think it, it sort of again fundamentally comes to that idea of there's a national network there. Um, how can we help JLC improve the integration of that network, and and you know again sort of you know working with the capability. Sustainment Acquisition Group. Um, you know how how can we? Because like they're technically, you know, they're responsible for sort of you know developing the fleet management plans that support the capability manager, capability users' requirements. Right? Army says we need X number of vehicles to be available. We need to do this. We're going to do this many kilometres. You know that that sort of okay. Well, then we're going to need this sort of support. So that that's going to be another critical input. 
you know, if you want to get a better maintenance outcome, a maintenance effect nationally that supports a better capability output and and supports that sort of idea of let's optimise the total cost of ownership, well, then I, I think, you know, you've got to be able to sort of like work holistically rather than just, you know, siloed. I think, you know, we can, we can sort of bring a, a, a whole of industry sort of perspective around sort of, you know, what, what that might mean and how we can sort of work with both the user and JLC and CASG and get that integrated effect that, um, you know, I think, you know, fundamentally, I go maintenance is simply a function that, su- that supports a capability output. You know, if you if equipment can't work, then <laughs> you're not training or you're yep. not deploying. Yep. So, you know, how how can how can we sort of, you know, how can we you know take a step back and bring a a, a total approach? You know, literally a, a a bird's eye view to this whole Australian network, and you know, get just get it operating the way the way that ultimately the user needs. Yeah, so you do you do see all those questions that I asked, which you correctly said I probably have answered. So you're saying that they actually are effects of having this push. Yeah, to, yeah, I, I, I really, yeah, I really do. Um, you know, and I think, you know, it's been challenging. I think for defence, you know, over the last fifteen or twenty years, to think I'm um, sort of, it's too much for me to say. You know, the the ILS component, uh, you know, uh, that that CASG has to do has been, you know, has been really challenging. You know, in terms of sort of, you know, having the expertise, you know, uh, and having the right people and the skill sets. So, you know, so therefore, well, how can we help with that? You know, how how can we bring our expertise, you know, to it? Uh, you know, so that again, we're not we're not working independently. We're not working independently with JLC. We're 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 going to have a, a a pretty open, collaborative, transparent approach to. Well, it's JLC execute the network effect, but without the army capability manager and user, and without without CASG, you won't get a better outcome. You, you've got to be able to bring all of those elements together. Yeah, no, valid point. Okay, well, Cam, this has been a great discussion. Is there anything you'd like to say while you've got the microphone and we're here having a chat on this topic? <laughs> well, um, what I'd like to say is I really appreciate the opportunity to, to have a chat with you. Uh, it's been great. Some some really good questions there. And, you know, I'd, of course, I'd, I'd like to say, you know, I think Talos, you know, could – we could really provide a, a great effect for, you know, for defence. Um, we'll see see how the evaluations work out and, you know, I'm very confident that we've provided a really detailed and innovative solution. You know, I'd, so it's sort of like, uh, you know, across my whole career, I feel like I've, that's what I've been doing. I've working, been working in and around the maintenance, you know, effect. Mm-hmm. You know, as a transport officer, you don't have... You don't have trucks on the road unless you have your, your maintenance effect worked out. I ran one of the workshops, you know, at Pakapunyal, uh, you know, that's part of this network, um, you know, uh, and I've been involved sort of, you know, more more operationally and strategically about ensuring, you know, that those effects are going to be there, you know, when we need them. And, and uh, you know, I think... We've we've got a we've got a good solution here that could really you know make a difference and and create the effect that that I think defence is after you know getting that integrated national network going. So I'm I'm really excited about sort of what the future could bring for us. Fantastic! I think that's a great note to end this uh, chat on. Cam Purdy from Talus Australia, thanks very much for coming on the show. 
thank you once again and have a great day. Well, thanks also to everyone for listening once again. And don't forget, if you enjoyed this episode, you can follow this podcast in your favorite podcatcher to ensure you get every episode as they are released. Meanwhile, thanks for tuning in and we'll be back in the not too distant future with another informative episode. The ADM podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Australian Defence Magazine, a Yaffa media title. The views of the people appearing on this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of Australian Defence Magazine, the Department of Defence or the guest's employer. If you wish to use any of the audio in this podcast, please contact Australian Defence Magazine via their website, australiandefence.com.au or via email at defmag at yaffa.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.